Good afternoon, everybody. Hello? Is, is there anybody there? <laughs> okay, so can I encourage everybody in the back rows? Do you want to come and join us up at the front tables here? Don't be shy. Come on. We'll all be one group. Um, and uh, before we get started, I'll just explain what these little things are. So first of all, pens are free, so feel free to take a pen. And then you'll also notice there's little cards here. So on the first side of the card, it's, uh, it's instructions on how you can book prayer appointments with us, Divine Healing Ministries, okay? It's got our phone number and our email address. And then on the other side, we have a prayer card. So if you have any prayer requests for either yourself or maybe a family member or a friend, what you can do is fill it out, leave it here, and we have a team. And what they do is for each prayer request, they'll commit to praying for it for 30 days, okay? And all you need to put is a first name, okay? So it, it gives a degree of anonymity, if I can say that word right. So just a first name and then a short description of what it is they need prayer for, okay? So feel free to fill those out and then um, leave them just at the, at the top table here. And we'll pray for any prayer requests for 30 days. And so now I think I'd like to invite Fergus up to get us started. Good afternoon. Good to see you all. Thank you for coming in in between these showers. My name's Fergus from Divine Human Ministries. I'm actually just introducing, even though my name is on the, the list, but I've been told if I didn't speak, some people were asking for their money back. Okay, so thank you for coming here today. Whatever has led you, even to this time today, um, we're expectant. Um, a week, quick story about Divine Human Ministries began 30 years ago by Brother David Jardine an amazing man of God. Some of you may know him. He celebrated his 80th birthday just past in, in December. And we're so blessed just to inherit that blessing of a ministry that prays for healing, prays for the land, and prays in unity. And that's really the core of what we're about. And it's a blessing to be here. Thanks to Johnny and to Coromila and we think for allowing us to be in this place today. But really, all we do is give witness that Christ is risen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that he heals today. And we're not experts uh, in any way, but what we do is just share our own testimony. And in these short 40 minutes, a little bit of testimony of how Jesus has come into our lives. The reason we're here today, as each of us have experienced Jesus as healing in our brokenness, and actually discovering that our brokenness becomes a gift. Our brokenness becomes a gift. That's the reality in my life. That in the midst of a dark place, that's where the Lord came in and lifted me out, and He continues to lift me out. Amen. And also, both Peter and Sarah, who are only married back in May, are going to share, and then Rena will share as well a very significant uh, testimony of healing. But what we find when we gather, and particularly when we gather in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit always, always, always has a purpose as we gather in, his, in the name of Jesus. So there's a purpose as we gather in this tent today. Amen. So what we normally do in our services, we take just 60 seconds and allow the Holy Spirit to come and speak to our hearts of what he might want to do in us individually and as a people in this time. So could we do that? And just to surrender this next 40 minutes to the Lord, he is here. And we don't want just to speak and give testimony, 
that Jesus heals, we want to be expected that he will heal even as we share testimony today. Amen. So let's just take a moment. Let's take let's literally one minute and just surrender this time as we hear just the life and the joy of Sober Man is outside us. Let's intentionally put our lives again in the hands of the Lord. We say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Let's just wait on the Lord for one minute. Lord, thank you that you're here, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, we pray just as we share testimony to you, that we hear a word, a mighty word in each of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite Peter just to kick, kick us off. Peter's a youth officer with Divine Human Ministries, and him and Sarah have been an incredible blessing to us. Okay, before I start into my story, um, there's a couple of points that I want to make that I hope we can all agree on, okay? Oh, sorry, is this better? Yeah? Eat the mic? Yeah? Okay. There's a couple of points that I hope we can agree on before I get started into my story. And number one is that we all agree and understand that the world is broken and that we in the world are broken as a result of sin. And so that's why we need healing. And that for every single person here, that there is a part of our lives that we could use God's healing touch. And the other point is that, that we believe in God, that he is a good God, and that he is capable of healing. And so I w- I'm going to share my story, and then you're going to hear from Myrna and Sarah as well. And we're going to hear different types of healing, okay? So let's see, how far back should I start? So my name's Peter. <laughs> I was born in Marysville, Ohio, over in America. And I have three brothers, I think two of which are in the room, uh, but I'll not point them out and embarrass them. Um, And when I was a child, we moved to Northern Ireland, and I grew up here, but I kept the accent. And when I was around 12 years old, I started suffering from mental health issues, namely depression. And at that time, I didn't even really know what it was. I just knew that I was struggling with my feelings and that life wasn't quite adding up for me because externally everything was fine. I had friends, I had hobbies, I I did fairly well in education, um, but I always felt like there was this dark cloud over my emotions. And I found these uncontrollable feelings of despair and just feeling like my life wasn't worth anything. And I, I really, really struggled in those years. And this continued all through my teenage years until I was a young adult. And through it all, I kept trying to live my life. I got a job, I had friends, I served in church, and I was very much a believer, but it was always overshadowed by this dark cloud that I struggled with. And then I went on a mission trip to Nepal. So there was a group from my church that had been before, and whenever they came back, they had so many amazing stories to share and stories to tell. So the next trip, I was eager to sign up and eager to go. And uh, while I was out in Nepal, uh, we, the, the, the purpose of the mission trip was to hold training for pastors. So pastors out in Nepal weren't able to go to Bible college, so they wanted Bible teaching. So we got a group of ministers to go and give Bible teaching. Now, I like don't give Bible teaching. I was always a photographer, because that's what I do. I do photography and video. That's my work. 
And while I was out there, um, we started hearing testimonies from the pastors. So these were people, some of them uh, couldn't even read or write. They were illiterate, yet they were pastoring the little villages in Nepal. And they had so many stories of miracles, stories of healing, stories of deliverance. And the church that we were working with um, also was full of testimonies. And hearing the testimonies of other people inspired my faith and filled me with this, this hope that I hadn't had before. So one night in our guest house, I prayed a very simple prayer. I just said, God, there are things in my life that I just have no control over, that I can't handle. I surrender them to you. So it was a prayer of surrender. And then that night, I actually got sick, and I was in bed for three days. And when I got better, when, when, I, when I came out of it, I realized that my depression was gone, and that, that dark cloud over my life was lifted. And so I had had a healing experience. And it, it, in a way, it changed my theology, because I had always thought that, you know, God loves us, um, but life is hard, and you know, we won't be fully released till we get to heaven, which is true. But experiencing God's healing in my life at that time made me realize that God wants to give us so much more, even in this life. And so afterwards, I, uh, I decided that I wanted to learn more about healing ministry, and I got involved with Divine Healing Ministries. I did their prayer training course, I became a team member, and eventually a staff member. And I also want to say that even though I had a healing experience of depression in that moment, I still had a further journey with anxiety, which involved uh, getting on medication and, and doing different things. But that depression that I had, once it was lifted and once it was healed, it never came back that way. And so I know that mental health is something that, well, lots of people struggle with. I think especially after the, after the COVID pandemic, there's just a lot more awareness, but there's also a greater need. And me being able to share my testimony with people not only lets them know that I understand what they're going through because I've been through it myself, but also just to assure, and I'd like to assure anyone that's sitting here, if you're experiencing mental health issues at the moment, that there is hope and that that hope is called Jesus. And one of my one of the bible verses that really really inspired me and stuck with me was um isaiah i think it's isaiah 54 but i forget the exact verse but it's it says that by his stripes we are healed and it's because of what jesus went through for us because of the sacrifice that he made for us we now have access to god's love god's mercy and the healing power of the holy spirit and in my time at Divine Healing Ministries, I have heard so many testimonies. I've even seen miraculous healings myself. Um, there was one event uh, where I was praying for a girl. I'm sorry, but actually, bear in mind, so I'd been serving on the team about seven years, praying for them on a Monday night in St. Anne's Cathedral, and I hadn't ever witnessed something miraculous in front of me. It was just kind of a case of you pray for people, and then you let them go, and it's in God's hands, you know? But we were at an event, and uh, a woman said that she had an accident in her neck, and that for many, many years, I think there was like a severed nerve in her neck, and it still caused pain, and it caused, um, it would freeze up on her, and it was uh, great difficulty for her. 
Well, that night we prayed for her, and as we were praying, you, you could see her neck rippling, and, and she had a miraculous healing right in front of us, and said that the, the nerve in her neck had been restored, and that the, the, the numbness, but also the sharp pains, were gone. And, yeah, it, it's just like, I don't think any of us truly know how much God loves us. It's something that we learn more and more as we journey in our faith and as we draw closer to God. And part of that love manifests as healing. And there's three types of healing that we talk about at Divine Healing Ministries. There's physical healing, which um, is just like the story of the woman that I shared. Then there's uh, emotional and mental healing, which is what I experienced. But there's also spiritual healing. And that is healing in your relationship with God and just healing in your soul and in your spirit. And so that's, that's all I want to share for now. And I'd actually like to invite Myrna up uh, to share a testimony. So Myrna, would you like to? Well, I can honestly say that uh, my tale is exactly the opposite in, state, in every way of holiness and um, in every word practically that Peter has said. Just want to... To cover for that, I want to just read a verse that came up this morning in my daily readings, and it's from Isaiah 43, verse 10, from the Passion Translation. Yahweh says, You are my witnesses, my chosen servants. I chose you in order that you would know me intimately, believe me always, and fully understand that I am the only God. And I think in this day and age, that's for all of us. So the crux of our salvation is not what we do. God wants us to collaborate with him, to work with him. And we need to have something of substance to, to be able to speak to people with. This afternoon you'll be able to leave knowing Peter. You'd see him and you can say, I saw Peter. He was healed of depression, stress, anxiety, and my story is different again. I have a great niece who at 10 years of age, at 2 years of age actually, she was diagnosed with elephantitis, which is a, um, a tumour in her face, which over time distorts your face and it becomes a life-threatening um, disease. So at 10 years of age, she had this lump around here on her face, which impacted her quite badly in many ways. There was a visual part of it. But twice a year, come Easter, September, she would suffer very, very badly with pain and would be missing days off school quite a lot. In fact, the last time that she had this, she lost something like um, school month is normally about 21, 22 school days. She lost 20 days. Which is, you know, a whole month of schooling you don't half miss. So anyway, nothing could be done about this particular tumour because it was so near serious arteries, um, nerve endings, you name it. Nobody would touch it. And p the pain relief offered just really didn't hit the spot. So this was a, a dire circumstance for a child of 10 who then was going to move to a secondary school, she lives in England, uh, where she was going to have to leave her small, intimate primary school 
and battle her way through the London hordes to get to her new school, new people, with this distortion on her face and people asking and pointing right and all this sort of thing. You just, you can understand how bad that would be. So anyway, the band you know, over, uh, over lockdown really came into its own over Zoom and on YouTube and on Instagram, I believe. So I see the wee sign there. Don't do that one. Um, and we, we're gathering every Monday night at half past seven for a live prayer meeting where Fergus and two of the other ladies, uh, stalwarts of the ministry, Valerie and Pat, appear and they, they pray every week for whatever you text in. So, I was sitting very happily on my settee, uh, watching idly. I'll not say I was joining in, I'll not say I was there thinking, oh, I'm going to do something great and wonderful tonight. It was not like that at all. I was sitting there, and Fergus then said, if you've anything wrong with you, send us a text and we'll pray for you. Go on and do it. So I go, no, not me. And then he said, and if there's anybody in your family, my entire family is in England. I am the only person in my family here, so, you know, I needed a prompt. And I got a prompt about here. Anybody in your family needs healing? What about Aoife? So I can't say it was me who came up with it. I can only say it was a prompt from the Lord himself. So I duly texted him exactly what I had said. And Valerie just, oh, right, I'm going to pray for this one if you don't mind. And she then said a prayer in the absolute courts of heaven. She went into the first court and she prayed with God as our judge before us, the enemy in the corner, Jesus as our advocate. And she prayed the most beautiful, powerful prayer that I have heard. And then she said, you know, well, we leave it with you, Father God, for you to make your judgment, and we ask that it comes down in our favour. And that was the end of it. So that was fine. Monday night. Wednesday afternoon, I thought, what more have I done? Because I hadn't asked permission. I hadn't even phoned my niece to say, I've done this for your daughter. So I had no idea what reaction it was going to be. But when I phoned her mum was delighted and said, no, but there hasn't been any response. So I thought, well, that's it. So I can say quite clearly here now, I didn't pray. I forgot. I didn't do all the things that you think you would be doing if you'd sent in a text um, in the desperation that Eva was in, for the desperation she was in. I totally forgot about it. And then on Thursday afternoon, I got a phone call from my niece to say, the whole lump has gone disappeared, no sign, her face is soft. A few days later she then said, could you get them to have another go because she's got this gunky ear and, and so apparently Aoife had gone not teenage deaf or preteen years deaf as her mother had suspected. There was a medical reason for it. So the next Monday she was prayed for again and that has been it. Nothing since. Nothing. And she then got back to her consultant uh, in the hospital in England, and uh, it's a different consultant, and he said, oh, it seems to have sorted itself out then. That was never going to happen. God, it's all God. You don't have to be your very best, most holiest, and declaring this, and claiming that, and all the rest of it. 
God moves in very mysterious ways. This was all about God. It was nothing to do with me. My entire contribution was a text. And anybody can do that. It has made me, it has given me something that I can now talk about to people in lots of different ways, including in my family. And this morning as I was thinking over this, I got this wonderful idea. In my hand here, I have a bath bin. It's been in the bathroom cupboard for about eight years. I made this, and I knew what's in it. I put it together. It smells beautiful. It's got all sorts of bits in it. It might even have glitter in it. You put it in water, and it explodes all over the place. It doesn't do anything in the bathroom cupboard. But once, I'm not going to take time to rip this to bits, but once you put it where it's supposed to be, it goes off on its own accord. It's free to do its own thing. And you get the joy of seeing it, the surprise of it. You get all the, the glitter and the herbs and the oils and everything else that's in it. And it affects your bath water. You see it, you hear it, you smell it. And then you have it on your skin. Because the water, this changes the water as well as cleaning you up. Because there's baking soda and that does, does for everything. But it actually affects every bit of the bath that you have time to relax, time to think. And this, to me, is the bombshell in my family. It's a bath bomb in my family and it has caused the ones that I have shared it with, it has really caused them to think, stop them in their tracks, but they're not walking with the Lord. But when there's something like this, and every time they see their niece, my nephews have to have to know and my brother as well, they have to know God is real, God works, and Aoife has had the most wonderful miracle that has sent her off to her secondary school without a second thought. It has been amazing. And all I can say is, amen to that. I don't have anywhere to put this, so I'm going to have to hold it. Oh, that's very low, is it? Can you hear me? Is that okay? I am naturally quite loud. I can shout if need be. Okay, so... I'm going to share a few testimonies of myself, a few testimonies of other people that I know, and maybe going to have the opportunity for some of you guys to have your own testimony. Peter shared earlier that when it comes to healing, we recognize that there's maybe three key areas where we can encounter healing and encounter the Holy Spirit in that way. And he shared about how we can do it through mental health and emotional health, how we can experience God there. Werner um, shared so wonderfully about physical healing, but I have to say for myself, a lot of it has been the spiritual side of things and from even spiritual wounds having healing there. Um, so my story starts off with the fact that when I was about 18 years old, I was kind of bullied and horribly rejected from the church. And when you've been a faithful Christian for many years, having that encounter and encountering Christians in a way that isn't a beautiful witness it really stings because they're the people you least expect it from. So it started this 
bitterness inside of me and it opened this door to me maybe being more susceptible to being hurt in similar ways. So I leave one church, I go off to the next. In the next church, I feel really settled, really great for a little period. But then I go through a breakup and the way that the church leadership handle it, the way the church leadership navigate it, because let's be honest, who knows to handle teenagers when they've broken up? Nobody. It ends up then causing a deeper wound. And this wound didn't just become then that I was hurt by Christians, it became that I was hurt by Christian leadership. And it didn't just become that I was hurt by Christian leadership, but in the churches that I had been in, Christian leadership was primarily men. And so even though I'd grown up with a wonderful dad, and even though I'd grown up with a wonderful granddad who were great witnesses of men of God, I started to become really angry at men of God. I became really angry at how they led. I became really critical at how some men led. And it just started to be this, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like infected pussy wound on my spiritual walk. You know, it was gross. And my attitude was gross. And do you know what the best thing about it was? Is I thought at points that I was totally healed. We went through the pandemic. Anyone remember that? Yeah. Well, for, for me, it actually was a great time. I got to spend so much time with God, and I went alone into the quiet place, and I got to encounter, yes, the start of healing. Like, there's no denying that God started to meet me in that quiet place and to administer healing to me in private. So I thought I was healed. You know, I came out of the pandemic, and I was like, you know, I went through all this hurt, but God's got me, and He's shown me He's got me, and I'm great. And then I went and did an internship. Where when you do an internship, you're putting yourself out there, right? And you're kind of allowing yourself to uh, receive constructive criticism and judgment. And see when you aren't in a place where you're ready to hear it in a constructive way, oh, that can sound so awful. And so everything a man in particular said to me, I was like, I'm not going to even take that on board. I'm just going to ignore that. That is, that is not from God. That is from the enemy because no way would God not encourage me. Or I would dwell on it for weeks. I would really let it fester. I'd really sink into this destructive pit over a constructive criticism. Or both. At the time, it would maybe be like, I'm not going to listen to that. But then I would... I would like, in fact, me, basically. So this went on for a while, and I realized that it started to actually impact how I served. Because see serving women, oh, I loved it. I loved getting to show with other girls how good our king father is and how we are princesses in his kingdom, and I was so good at that. But see if I was encouraged by God to encourage a man, it was very easy to become silent. And it was so much easier to like talk about how men are trash, and men are this, and men are that. And it became my story was my fear of men, or my hurt, that became my story, rather than how good God is. And I realized that I got to this point where I was like, God, this actually isn't beneficial to me, to how I get to serve you. This isn't beneficial to those around me that I'm meant to be serving. And this isn't beneficial to your kingdom. And you know, there's that first John 10, 10, where he said, you know, he says he's come to give us life and life to the full, a life in abundance. And I was like, I'm not living my life in abundance because I'm allowing this to stifle me and put me in one lane where my only label is I was hurt. And that's not what God says that I am. 
And so I remember going off to um, this youth conference after maybe well, youth leader conference after wrestling with this for a while. And we had prophetic prayer appointments. And so these prophetic prayer appointments, they literally, it was, oh, it was like someone had got a magnifying glass on my heart and just sewed right into what the issue was. In a really gentle way, by the way. It's not like, you know, they came out and was like, you have a problem with this. But it literally was like, oh, yeah, okay, I do. And I went along um, to these prophetic appointments, got prayer, but it, it was more like it opened something that didn't really cleanse it out. And then I went along later that evening and I went up and actually received prayer ministry, the way that you can do when you're here. And when I received that prayer ministry, I, by an elderly couple too, bless them, they were in their 80s. There's no way they could have been prepared for this to happen, right? But what happened was I ended up being slain in the spirit, which is basically when you're so overwhelmed by Jesus that you kind of just fall. Do love the two 80-year-olds praying with me, you know, like they weren't going to be able to catch me, so it just kind of happened. And when I was down and I was just overwhelmed by Jesus and his love for me, the way, when I came back up, it was if, you know when you've been out and you've been playing sport in, in mud? Or you've been walking in mud or raining, walk on, going for a walk when it's raining and you come back home and then you have a bath or a shower and you feel like extra clean? Because you've, you've not just gone from feeling a little bit rubbish, you've gone from feeling like really filthy and now you've came on, you've had a bath and you just feel like you're pristine, you're extra clean. That's how I felt afterwards. I came back, you know, around or back up and I was like, wow, I literally just felt feel fresh and clean. And don't get me wrong, it can still be a journey and a process, but that spiritual wound just kind of went... Nothing more needs done, nothing more needs said. Men are great, men have a place in the kingdom just as much as women do. And I was able to actually say that and not be like, yeah, man, I could actually say that and mean it and love men for it and also get married because I wasn't so bitter anymore, you know? So God's really good when it comes to that. Um, and that was maybe a little bit more of a journey. But another one of the ways that I have experienced healing um, is actually quite recent. So sometimes when you have spiritual wounds, it can actually affect you physically. I'm not 100% sure how it works. I don't understand it all. Some things in life are just mysteries. But I've had that experience. So like I said, I have had... Um, hurts from church, um, hurts from people, where I felt rejected and even, you know, like almost stabbed in the back by people I once trusted. And for years, since it all happened, I have had pain in my lower back. And I never thought there was a link. I just thought I was like a 62-year-old trapped in a 21-year-old's body, you know. I just was like, oh, that's just a thing. That's just my back. I just have a bad back, guys. I'm just, you know, just that person, right? And then... I was only through Define Healing Ministries we were at a service and uh, one of the uh, guys that goes was sharing his testimony of how someone prayed for him and said, you have been stabbed in the back and there's a wound there, we're going to pray for you. And he said that this tension that he'd had his back all these years was just suddenly released and um, that when even people were praying for him that they could see the ripples of healing across his back. And he even said that he felt lighter from that wound that he had experienced. And as soon as he was sharing it, Peter turned to me and he was like, Sarah, 
that could be you. Maybe that's why your back hurts. And I was like, nah, this is because I'm an idiot and do cheerleading and I've chucked people in the air. Nah, this is just self-inflicted back. It's fine. But it kind of stuck with me all week and was kind of bugging me. And later that week, we went to um, a prayer service with another ministry. And it would be already an incredible night. You know, they'd actually said, anyone got a bad right knee and I have a bad right knee because I was dancing with my dog and I pulled a tendon so when I say I'm an idiot I mean I'm an idiot you know so they prayed for my knee and I had instant healing I was like wow God's so cool look at my knee I finally can bend it like a normal person um but then they got up next and they shouted about a back and I was like oh but God's already healed my knee he's not gonna heal me twice in one night and I got prayer and I was healed instantly. And I think that's the thing. When we talk about healing, sometimes it's a really long journey where you get worse and you almost get more gross before you get better. But sometimes it's instant. Sometimes God really can be that quick because that's just God. And for me, I've had physical and mental wounds that were inflicted because of spiritual things. You know, there can always be a deeper layer. Um, I also have stories where there has been times I have prayed for healing and not received it. And I think we need to even think of those moments because there may be people in here and you've been praying for one thing continually and you're desperate to see God heal and you don't get that answer that you want. And I think it's we need to talk about that as well because I fully, fully, wholeheartedly believe God will want to heal everyone. That is his will. It's not that it's not his will, it's not his time, and his will is for everyone to experience healing. Sometimes though that isn't on earth and that's okay. Sometimes the full restoration is in heaven. But when we think of this, I just want to think of moments where we can even experience temporary healing. Because my granddad, he has dodgy knees, he has no cartilage in either of them. And for years he has prayed, he can't have any operations, so for years he's prayed for his knees to be healed. And do you know what? See, when the moments when people are laying their hands on my granddad and he is receiving that prayer, his knees go so warm and there's no pain. The minute the prayer stops, the feeling goes. And I think for my granddad, like he, I said to him, I was like, does it not frustrate you? And he was like, well, do you know what? It's my little glimpses of heaven. Because I know when I get there, I will have that relief of pain and I'll fully feel it. And he's like, and do you know what? Maybe that's all I need right now and that's okay. And I think that's sometimes what we need to remember is God's working all things for his good. It just may not be how we want to see it here on earth. Another story that I have permission to share is there was once this young boy over in Bangor, Elam, who everyone in Northern Ireland that I knew was a Christian was praying for. He had cancer and he did have a miraculous healing. The doctors thought that he was out and then all of a sudden he was healed and even the doctors were saying it was a miracle. But months later, he relapsed. He got his cancer came back and he did sadly pass away and when we were talking about today with my pastor and um, he shared that he was actually with that church's pastor that boy's pastor when he got the message to say that he had sadly passed away and you know my pastor was saying that he initially was like oh you know like what but immediately he felt like this voice from heaven saying lazarus died too 
And I think that's what we need to remember. Is, you know, Lazarus is probably one of the most miraculous healings in the Bible. He was raised from the dead, brought back to life by Jesus. But Lazarus wouldn't be in heaven today if he didn't eventually die. And I think when we see these temporary, temporary healings, we need to remember that, that Jesus does heal today, but we still will have full restoration in heaven. So before we close up, we've got about five minutes left, and I want you guys to just leave feeling encouraged that Jesus is alive today, he is moving today, he is healing today, and whatever need you're coming in here with, he has the full power through his Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, if you're a Christian, is alive in you and has the same power. So if we believe this, if we want to receive this, then we need to believe that God has the full power to heal today too, even in this tent. And I just, don't worry, I'm not going to put anyone in the spot, because I know that that can be uncomfortable. But I just know that everyone here either has a need themselves or knows someone that has that kind of need, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual. So before we leave, I just thought it'd be really beautiful if we could even just stand together. We don't have to get up yet. And even just pray for one another around us with the person beside you for just permission, okay? So I just thought if we could all stand and just with the person's permission, if you turn to the person on your right and just ask if they would be comfortable with you praying for them. And you don't have to ask them if they need prayer for anything. Just ask if they're comfortable with you praying for them. You don't even have to pray out loud. Just very into yourself. Just pray a blessing for them, okay? So I'll just pray, and then you can even just pray in agreement. Cool? Complained by? Silence? There we go. Okay. Let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone in this tent. Lord, I thank you for their stories and their testimonies, and I thank you for what we've heard today and the encouragement of that, Lord. And for everyone that is currently receiving prayer, Lord, I just pray that they will leave here feeling refreshed and blessed, Lord, that they will leave here having a touch of your spirit, feeling encouraged, Lord, that they will go out of here with a new perspective of how wonderful you are today and that you are alive and working and moving for them. In your precious and holy name. Amen. And if you want to just turn now and pray for the person on your left, just so that everybody's covered. <laughs> yep, it's okay if you're only meeting them for the first time. The Holy Spirit knows we're good. <laughs> and let's just pray as well. Your Heavenly Father, I just thank you for everyone receiving prayer right now. I just pray that you'll come and meet them where they are at, that you'll just come and fill them with your Holy Spirit. Let them get a fresh sense of who you are and who they are in you, Lord. I just pray that they will leave here feeling uplifted with the knowledge of just your love for them, Lord. In your precious name, Lord, I just pray that they will know that they are your beautiful children, that they are adored by you, and that you have great purposes for their life on this earth, but even better restoration in heaven. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen, guys. So thank you. Um, I just want to, you know, we've got two minutes left. I just want to encourage you again for those prayer requests. I don't, I don't know what to describe them. Cards, prayer request cards. They're completely, as Peter said, anonymous. We just take a first name so that we can pray for that name and, you know, see God move through it. Um, 
and is for intercessory prayer. People will take that prayer request and they will pray for it for 30 days. And in those 30 days, we will seek, obviously, for breakthrough in that situation. So I really encourage you guys, fill them in, leave them on your seats or tables, or even maybe as you're going out the door, we'll collect them and we'll uh, get the team to distribute them well and get people praying for them. Okay? Yeah. Amen.